What up, y'all? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Blake's Take Two. Uh, I'm Blake Whitehouse, for those of you that don't know, uh, with my co-host over here, Trey Reeves. Um, a lot of y'all don't know uh, about us. They don't know about the podcast we've been doing. Uh, we're veterans out here. I know everybody got podcasts nowadays and shit, but we've been out here. Uh, so we just want to get ourselves reintroduced here before we get into everything we're going to get into, because as y'all know, uh, we'll, we'll touch on everything here. So uh, just to get a little bit of reintroduction back here, I'm Blake Whitehouse again. Uh, I'm broadcasting live currently from Morton Grove, Illinois, northern suburbs. I'm not from the city. I'm not going front. Uh, I told y'all Chicago when I met you in Ohio because y'all don't know the city's here. So just to get that clear before we get any deeper into uh, that shit. But yes, yeah, <laughs> broadcasting live rent free uh, from Morton Grove out here, rent free uh, in real life and in domes. Uh, but I, me and Trey uh, came to meet over at Ohio State. Uh, Trey is broadcasting currently from Columbus as we speak. He's still out in there. the in the city, not in the suburbs. I'm in I'm in the city. He's Trey. Trey's from Canton. He's throwing that out there. Clear. He's not from Columbus. He's from Canton, Ohio. The yeah, yeah. I'm from Ohio. I'm from the city of Canton, Ohio, the northeast side, and I'm currently staying in Franklinton in the city of Columbus. Just That's what, Trey, like, listen, we got to have the burbs represented too. You know, we got to have I'm some a of suburban that. guy, man. I tried it out with, for a year out there in uh, in the quarry. Just they my they my cup of tea, man. Oh. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we're broadcasting out here from Morton Grove, which is a change of pace for me. Uh, we were out in Columbus last round for the for Blake's Takes, the original little podcast we had going. Uh, and different different circumstances uh, since the last time we recorded. I think it was December 2019 was around the last time we did an episode. A uh, mm-hmm. little bit different uh, shit going on in the world and in our lives here. So I figured we'd also get caught up on that as well. Uh, Trey, if you care to speak on uh, your kind of background too. My background, uh, from Canton, Ohio, uh, born and raised, small little city. It's beautiful. The skyline is absolutely gorgeous as you come into the city. It's my favorite favorite part of the city, honestly. Uh, went to Ohio State, uh, met Blake, met a couple of other people. Uh, I didn't graduate. He has his little degree behind behind him, <laughs> just casual above his right shoulder i didn't graduate but um i you know i was there for a couple years got what i needed uh and then i went to start working in restaurants went to culinary school graduated from there became a chef man yeah yes sir chef reeves over here Uh, and that's where we kind of uh left off i think podcast like for everybody that uh did listen before and shit uh was that was with the situation before uh since then we actually lived together which yes, for everyone wondering, it was as adorable uh, as you probably envision it being. Just, but we did uh, we did better, I think, than most most would assume. I think a lot of people uh, imagine us living together. Which that was our third residence, believe it or not. I think living in together. So we got a third? we got a nice little Robin Big journey just, going here, Trey. Whether you like it or not. That was the second one, wasn't it? Now the Indiana. dorms count. Oh, the well, I guess you count mm-hmm. the dorms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had three different lives together. Their lives uh, living in the same residence, not together at this point. Yeah. So uh, I figured getting caught up to kind of what came uh, between what kind of why we stopped for me, at least why uh, the creative energy for me was kind of gone, but also all the shit that's been going on in our lives since uh, since then. Uh, so I'll kind of get started in terms of so when we stopped filming last time and, and part before I even get into it, too, part of why I did want to do this is a lot of what we've spoken on before. Um, I think I've realized with with time to contextualize is important. I think we did talk about a lot of important shit 
uh, before a lot of people were, I think. Like a lot of the conversations we were having are popular conversations to have now, are conversations that yeah. people find to be very important for people from diverse backgrounds and shit to have. And we were just having these. So I think we do have an interesting perspective. We, we've, I'll bring up some of the things, you know, we've seen and, and participated in shit uh, with everything going on. But, but as far as the podcast and shit, a lot of the stuff we talk about in here, I think did end up being really relevant, really important, even though we didn't talk about shit for a year. Um, and with this, I think part of my, uh, and part of the broader context too, in terms of what people are realizing during this pandemic and all this, is that men don't really talk about this shit. Like, it's very interesting to me. I asked yeah, a lot yeah, of my yeah. male friends, like you talk to, I, I got a lot of female friends as well. And female females, y'all know each other's entire relationship histories. Absolutely, y'all discuss absolutely. it. Y'all, and as y'all should, I love, that's why I hit my, listen, when I need some relationship advice, men, I, none of y'all are getting asked. Y'all are dumb, we're dumb, we're just dumb. Yeah, and, like remember, remember when I sent you that article, I sent it in like a group and like nobody was like, uh, well, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and even some real shit in this article, man. Like, yeah. it's real. <laughs> yeah, like down to down to relationship stuff. Like, I don't even know how almost any of my my day one homies relationship things have played out. We just don't talk about it, and I feel like that's very fucking rare to go to a, a group of women, especially close friends, and at, like they know each other's histories, oh, and, yeah. and it plays yeah. a part in friendships. I feel like and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. But and in terms of like broadcasting it out to the world and shit. It just is not a normal thing for, I don't know. So uh, it's it's interesting to me that obviously everybody has shit going on during the pandemic, like the pandemic has caused a lot of things. But outside of that, we've had a lot of other shit everybody's been dealing with as well. And men, I feel like just don't really talk about that shit as much. So I figured it'd be a good way to kind of get caught up in terms of what's been going on with me. Why, you know, in terms of this shit, I've been out for a year. Uh, I'm sure you've had stuff too. I don't know if you've heard all of this. Some of it you might have, some of it not, uh, but I feel like it's something that men should get to doing a little bit more is just kind of, you know, y'all should know my story because it, I think helps contextualize a lot of shit. So I don't got nothing to hide and I think it's important for men to talk about it. So with that being said, uh, so last December ish was, we had just moved in together right around Uh, for me. And this is four or five months before pandemic. This was already probably the most turbulent point in my life I've ever had. Uh, Literally this shit looked like a lifetime movie uh, as I was starting a new job, which was the first like 40 hour a week, you know, real life job that a lot of us have seen what it takes out of us, uh, that I'd done in a few years. And I was semi looking forward to it. I got trapped. I'll get into a little bit more of that. Uh, but as I was starting this new job, I'm moving in with Trey and my ex at the time who I'd lived with for years, we had a dog together is moving to Florida. On top of this, we're moving into an apartment in the same complex. So I'm clearing out the apartment across the way me and try moving to a new one as my ex is moving to florida with my dog and i'm starting a new job this shit was all my life had no stability for a minute there <laughs> and i've kind of learned like just to navigate in it but literally it was like a comedy show like i was going in it was sad as fuck in the other apartment i came in here we have this whole new like then i wake up and go to work like what the fuck is going on so i had that going on which took a lot out of me the relationshipy stuff she moved away as i, I don't need to name names people that know who people are are gonna know who they are. If I wanna name names on this, I'm gonna name names. I'm not a good enemy to have for y'all that think I'm not gonna name you, but I'm not petty. For all so, our viewers out there, they will they will see it. Oh, that's, hey, y'all that, our, y'all that think you ain't audience. gonna get name dropped. All them cover my meds people, ooh wee, but we'll get to that. Uh, so no, so she moved out and t- within like two months, I found, I had to pick this apart over time 
got engaged, became like super big into religion and all this shit, like very just baffling. We had a good, you know, uh, post dating communication. We lived together for a year after dating. Don't necessarily recommend that to everybody. Interesting experience, but we were cordial. And then all of a sudden, like new human engagement shit. So that's been a very weak, just baffling scenario to go through. So shouts to Drake. Thank you for all the trust issue music. I now understand uh, where all that comes from and the purpose for it. So <laughs> I won't hate on Drake anymore. I get it. But so we had that going this man, on. Just a quick, quick sidebar. This man hated for Drake for years. I didn't hate Drake. Years. And I didn't hate it was prime. Like, I hated that he hating. was compared to Kendrick. That was my, now, now we're good. Now I got, you know, I got, again, I got, he, he makes music for people in my position now. So now I'm a fan. We're good. So after, while all that's going on in the midst of all this shit, in the midst of starting the new job, figuring all that out, I had a death in the family, which for me is, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say like good at death. I don't like that term, but like, I'm pretty acclimated in my head to like the natural cycle of it. You know, like it was a grandparent. It wasn't anything insanely out of nowhere. Uh, but for my family and shit, I'm the oldest grandchild on both sides. So that becomes like a whole different type of burden thing with everything. So I had that going on. So all this leading up to going into 2020, where I think a lot of people, I don't know what it was. A lot of people looked at 2020 like, all right, here we go. Going to change all this shit, going, you know, get some stability. That's what I was looking yeah. for too. I yeah. had all that going on. Once we hit the pandemic, it uh, became interesting because the job I had worked, I, I told you a little bit about it, uh, cover my meds. Uh, y'all going to be in the crosshairs for a while. Get used to your names coming out my mouth uh, in, in ways that y'all aren't going to like. But uh, worked there, they framed, and, and people in Columbus know this, framed very progressively, super progressive, uh, known as being one of the most ahead of the curve to a lot of people. Even when, like towards the end when I was working there, I would say, oh yeah, I work at cover my meds. And people were like, oh my God, I heard they do da da da. And what I've learned since then, and I think a lot of people are learning how politics work nowadays, but uh, is that a lot of it was a front. I'm embarrassed almost that I was, I consider myself pretty ahead of uh, this type of shit and real recognize real and all that shit. And I think I got got to an extent, Trey. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Uh, the free food and the free, all that shit was nice. But I think you realize, you know, they figured out how to get millennials. I think that's my biggest realization from that company is like these companies that do the same shit as everyone else have figured out how to hook, line, and sinker millennials, the free beer, the free food, the, you know, yeah, yeah. you can wear what you want, you could be yourself, da, 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 da. What they didn't expect was the Black Lives Matter movement this year, or in 2020, to culminate the way it did. And that's when shit got really interesting uh, for me, because I'm not the person to keep my mouth shut for pretty much anything. And this felt like a point to me where I felt like I needed to say something. And I like, I had literally at the time I was thinking about moving to Chicago and in the middle of all this, I decided to stay in Columbus because I felt genuinely like, Oh, you know, cover my meds, super progressive. Uh, we're in a position to make a difference in this. They're going to put their money where their mouths are. And so I electively decided to kind of become the, lightning rod for this shit at the company. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people I'm sure now are super familiar with Slack and all those internal forms of communication that most workplaces are limited to now. So that's where all of our stuff was taking place. And I, in the public channels with 1500, whatever it is, people decided to uh, be the person to start calling certain shit out. So this company 
again, very progressive. And as we learned through not only the pandemic, but through the Black Lives Matter movement uh, at its peak last year, uh, in terms of the protests, is where companies really stand because people got to the point where they were able to turn to their companies and say, all right, what are you going to do about this? And they decided to blackball me, which was fucking what. So the way this played out without delving too crazy into it is I jumped into the Slack channel and they wanted to kind of go about business. Everybody that works there right now knows uh, when things happened, they tried to be one of those companies that, you know, was going to try and go about their daily business and try to let their black employees act like this was not happening and that they should just do their job. Like it was just awkward. It's just awkward. Like if it was a normal workplace, it would have been awkward online. I think they thought they could get more away with it. And I just put it on below. I was like, Hey, nobody thinks this is normal. Y'all need to do something like other companies are doing stuff. We have resources. And the president of the company, I didn't know at the time, David holiday is uh, I think the four cities prior to Columbus that he lived in, we got Tulsa, we got uh, Nashville, we got, uh, where else we got Norman, uh, white, white, pasty, white, and more pasty white is, is where he's from. So I, I pretty sure I know and understand now that this company, just like all the other companies is aligned with the status quo much more than it's aligned with actually doing the right thing and actually standing with the correct side of history, even if it's not necessarily easy to tell half your employee base, you're wrong, whatever it is. Uh, and so amongst all of this, they, instead of turning to me and kind of, because I felt as a white person and tell me if I'm wrong, if you would feel differently in a workplace like this, but, and, and I had other people reach out to me, but as a white person, I had to say something there because people of color don't have that ability to speak out at a company like that without being shot down one. Like the voice is different for, for no reason other than color in, in that kind of business environment. And for the understanding of it not going all the way up the ladder like it just would it, it yeah. would not work like that and right, and right. i and, and i don't think a lot of people felt safe being a person to attract that kind of attention and i knew that like it's just i, I don't think that burden is correct to put on anybody who's in the group yeah. that's being affected it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me i think where you went wrong was expecting a corporation of any level to actually be down for you know a revolutionary type of movement it's just yeah. not gonna happen bro no <laughs> like it's all a facade now and i've been trying to tell you this for years that nike shit that couple of years ago when they was trying to support kaepernick it's all about it's all about selling whatever they're trying to sell it's all it's all a marketing ploy you know i drive downtown i see the black lives matter cover my meds ad yada 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 it's all bullshit it's all because it's popular and it's all in the now, you know, and it's just, that's what, that's the new market employee. That's the new trendy thing to do to sell whatever your product is. Yeah. That's what they don't do out here. It's sad. It's that's sad. And it. it's, it's ironic. in a lot of like, even seeing that too, like the day after they fired me, they went and threw up their black lives matter banner uh, to cover. Yeah, yeah, it's not, come on. And like, it's just like, it's just... But, and it's, it's a combination of it's wild to me that it works. But then again, like being somebody that it semi worked on, I'm like, like I, after I got fired, I felt like I got out of a cult. Literally, I was like, wow, this shit wasn't what I thought it was now that I can view it from this outside perspective. And especially in terms of that, like the, the way they hire, the way they recruit, the way their employee base, if you walk into the room, is recruited as such in a way that's like, hey, we are the diver you want diversity, you want this, you want, that's what you want to stand for, we're that. And so I think 
the the brazenness of the framing was what got me like oh you're not gonna puff your chest out and be like we're about this shit like oh you don't think we support gay people well here's here's a here's you know but it's easy it's easy to and they know how to do this here's a a gay couple on the front page of our website or the front page of this and they yeah. understand to play it politically like it's, it doesn't like, mean it's like in ohio state like when uh you get the brochures when you come to ohio state you see like the black kid hanging out with the asian kid with the white kid under some tree <laughs> and it's sunny outside and it's like yeah look at this this is college man it shit ain't like that asians is what asians black people with the black people and the white people it's just like i mix it up i'm not i was me too i'm just talking about the yeah no it's majority. definitely not like that so i definitely <laughs> got i definitely felt like i got trapped uh, into thinking that to an extent, I was happy that I like. I, I regret nothing. I was happy as fuck. Not only that I like pushed it to where I did, uh, but that like I got while this was all playing out, I got messages from hella people that were like, "Hey, I don't feel you know uh, comfortable putting it because I was I was aggressive. I was like, "Hey, y'all aren't doing enough. People see it. Like I wasn't being politically correct. I understood my ass was on the line." Uh, and I had a lot of people reach out and appreciate it. So that made it worth it. But th the way they uh, put me out, and this is important because it's just, again, getting caught in the corporate uh, wild shit and seeing what they were willing to do to not do something was like, they were willing to do so much more to do nothing than to do not much to actually do shit. Like they could have put a statement out. They could have done so many things. And instead what they did to me was they got to my Twitter and it wasn't, I still don't know who it was. They never let me know who did it. But some people uh, anonymously reported tweets I had, which one, any company ever tells you you can't. They let Trump be on Twitter till last fucking week. <laughs> so to say anything I said on Twitter was uh, destructive or whatever is wild and con like now that we have uh, some context with what Twitter can really lead to and shit. But also in terms of at the time, like the black ball nature of it, like in a workplace, to have that brought up is so wild because everybody, especially now, like anybody that has any type of corporate job that wants to take part in the modern uh, social movements that are going on uses social media to broadcast their opinions. So to like, even but bring also that the, in. The second, the second part where you went wrong is you'd be saying some wild shit on Twitter. Wild. And have your name and to have your name attached to that to lose a job is kind of dumb. Oh, yeah, I didn't give up. No, like, but see, here's like I know you didn't care, but like, come on, most people aren't that. I'm not most like, people. They're not. That's what I'm saying. They're not in that circumstance. Like, oh, I can afford to just sprout off wild shit to lose my job. You know what I mean? No, most no, but it was. Like, it was. It wasn't even like the shit I spouted wasn't anything to do with the situation at the company. Like that would be right. Just in general. Just, just in general. Oh like, no, but that doesn't do. matter. Like, like the wild shit I I would spew was wild on the side of good. Like it would be wild shit in terms of oh yo Lindsey Graham is trash and I hope he dies like right yeah. right yeah like so what have your name that's <laughs> cool but, but the, the thing is the like if you want to say shit like that cool but just keep your real name and your persona off well, my face is on it now so I don't know what we're gonna do so I'm saying but, like but but it's it's already no, past now uh, uh, Joe Joe well but way past that Joe Fresh Goods uh, before I get back to the story here Joe Fresh Goods had a great tweet and he said now I do interviews when a company wants me with a do-rag and a blunt in my mouth. If you want me, you get me, or you don't get me. That's, I like that. That's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I didn't mind any of that shit. Uh, it was the way it happened that was wild. And so the, the shit that popped up with that, again, to get back to my narrative after that, uh, that made it that much more significant was after the fact, I had a lot of people reach out to me and this is what I want people to know. Uh, I'm not gonna bring it up a ton. They don't get a ton of my energy, but 
uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me after the fact that had gotten fired from Cover My Meds that had been through way worse shit than me. Um, one, they weaponize NDAs, which are non-disclosure agreements, which the day they fired me during a pandemic, they tried to leverage that into a severance. So basically for people that don't understand what necessarily that means, I was employed by them during the pandemic. My entire, they don't know that I could tuck back home and have free rent. They have no idea what my setup is. I could be fucked if I get fired from there. I could have kids. They don't know. Uh, and so they decided uh, to tell me that I had the option of signing a non-disclosure agreement, which is I cannot publicly speak anything about this company, which is insanity in this scenario. Like, I can't believe that companies use this shit, but they tried to force me to sign an NDA and leveraged any severance pay with it. So basically they said, you can go get fucked and walk away during this pandemic with nothing from us from here on out, or you can take severance, which is normal in most companies, but you can never speak on this again. I told them to shove it up their asses, which I was lucky to be able to do. Not everyone can, but that's again, scenario wise, like I was sitting here with NDAs at my doorstep after getting fought, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? What timeline is this? <laughs> but, uh, so, so cover my meds in general, but before I, again, to come to, uh, to wrap up that end of it here, uh, cover my meds, not about it. Uh, blackballed me the fuck out of there. Uh, and ended up being the reason I pivoted from there and came back to Chicago. It has been a phenomenal change of pace, uh, being around the potential industry that's around here when things open up again, hopefully at some point soon is great. So it all worked out, uh, perfectly well. Also in the midst of all that, in the beginning of the pan pandemic, I almost forgot I got my baby Gigi, the best dog on planet Earth. Uh, and that is about all that has happened in my life since then. So a little bit going on. Uh, we had a pandemic thrown in there as well that I think everybody has had to figure shit out with. But we'll get into more of that uh, later on. We got time for pandemic stuff. But uh, I know that was a lot. I don't think you've had as uh, adventurous of a ride since. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little less. I'm a little more drama free. Than I my, don't have, uh, cohort here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny how it follows you. It's like a cloud over your head or something. Really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my life's been cool, man. I mean, it was really like leading up to 2020, like shit was real smooth. Like, like I had uh, just got a got the um, head chef spot at a little little uh, restaurant, you know. I was, things were moving in the right direction for me, you know, got in a relationship. Everything was super smooth. I started to like grow up, get some big boy shit in my life. And then pandemic kind of halted a lot of that, you know? Uh, and then I had to kind of pivot. Uh, I was riding out unemployment for a while. Shout out to that, that federal unemployment. That shit was hidden for real. Uh, rode that out for a little while. And then I kind of figured out where I wanted to go and got a little spot now. Uh, just working part time, doing what I got to do to hustle and bustle and make ends meet and, you know, thrive out here. You got to get some money in America or you're going to, they don't, they're not going to care about you because they don't care about poor people in America. You got to get some money or you're just going to be out here struggling. What like, are you talking <laughs> about? They're going to give us $1,200 to fix 10 months of shit, Trey. We going to be good. Yeah, man. Hundred a month, whatever it is. It's enough peasants. A slice of bread a, a month. That's what yeah. you need to eat. Uh, but before, uh, also to kind of to go back a little bit into to some shit that we did go through together before I moved out here and shit, and just during this is middle of pandemic, middle of everything, uh, was the Black Lives Matter protest. Oh, the protest, yeah, 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 
yeah, yeah. Uh, cause we both were out at that. And even just, just to move back to, I know I mentioned before, like we've had conversations and shit in the past that are important. And just, I think we've had experiences at this point that are important. And like, I keep the, the one that's come back to me and I don't, we haven't talked about it in a while is I'll never forget the night of the Ferguson protests in Columbus uh when we went to the union and i think that mm. like e- even looking at how shit has played out now when you have a fucking insurrection and and e- like oh i've moved from ohio now so i can look at it as less of a bubble uh than living in it like y'all got some of that shit y'all got some wild inbred crazy shit going on there like they're one of the oh, cities yeah, that sure. they're guarding the capital in and absolutely so to be outside of that now and see when we were in it what the what the outpouring of support was compared to like I, I think this ties into one of the biggest issues in terms of complacency in this entire social conversation up until like a year ago because what was it 20 it was 2015 20 had, Ferguson 14 yeah, 2014 14, I think 14 2014 it was the night the Ferguson verdict was announced we were in Columbus and I think it was the Black Student Union on Twitter had organized a it was like a vigil slash just an organ a, a gathering at the Ohio Union. And on the same night, it was the first year that the Mirror Lake jump in Columbus was banned uh, after the death of a student, as it should have been. But there were groups trying to, they had put fencing up around it, and there were groups trying to do an early jump. So this just happened to be the night of like the biggest, I think, Facebook group early jump thing. And as we're walking to the protests uh, at the Union for the Ferguson shit, there are mostly white people running across campus half fucking naked in the middle of the winter to go jump in this lake. And we get to the, not even on the official day, not that it matters, but it's just like on top of that. Uh, and we get to the union and I think I was the only white person there, if not maybe one or two other people like staggeringly, uh, staggeringly few white people there, especially compared like it, it would have been staggering if that wasn't happening at the same time, but to be watching the motherfuckers like, organized in the same exact way that this was organized and just prioritize that was wild yeah like, I, as mean, you're walking, I remember watching it and just telling you like yo this is nuts yeah, it's it's two americas it really that legit is, is. that's it literally even like was. even during the uh, when we was down there for the protest in the summer uh kids who are staying downtown in the short north there's a bunch of protests and they're just in their backyard drinking white claws you know passing the ball around you know like oh whoa what is this it's literally like and a lot of people just don't pay attention to that sort of thing or they try to block it out because they don't want to like confront the issue and at hand well because that's their homie chat but it's that's how it's legit to america's where people live two different lives and that's why this is a different thing but i like living in the city because it's more realistic in the suburbs it's a bubble right like i've noticed that in the quarry it's you can get closed off. You can close off any issue going on in the real world very easily. Like it's like a own little protected little bubble. But in the city, it's real life out here. You can't escape it. As you know, it's it's everything going on down here. So yeah, people freak out when real life is brought to them. That's that's yeah, why yeah, that's sure. the suburbs are is basically a shield from real life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and even amongst that too, like being on. I don't want to say the front lines, but being right up on the lines of the protest shit. And like, we can speak on, I mean, we've had, we've had issues with police that me, obviously more, we've all had our issues with police in Columbus. I've had my, you know, you were there when I got arrested and the shit beat out of me by a bunch of police 
for <laughs> saying arguing about your shorts not being too baggy whatever the initial thing like yeah. so we've known the columbus police are trash and then show up to this and watch like the the insane overreaction like I, we watched the national guard roll up the, what's the worst thing you saw somebody was there a water bottle thrown i think a water bottle like yeah yeah, yeah. It, the insane showing out the insane aggression badges taped up like the whole fucking shebang the mayor the, the everybody governing that bitch is a fucking liar and should be fired like to watch the the false apologizing afterwards like it's not it, it was nuts but then obviously now we have mm. the insurrection and the direct comparison of how those people got treated and we got treated on the streets of columbus ohio very far from any building of prominence uh, much worse than the armed insurrectionists at the capitol so to have that direct court like to, to have eyes that have shown me <laughs> the difference yeah. it, that shit is is wild not a uh, not a single and honestly made me happy watching it play out because now i'm happy that everybody sees that shit yeah not a not a single canister of tear gas was thrown at the Capitol. Nope. I and I was out there pouring Don't milk in motherfuckers eyes for ours. Oh, yeah, we were just yeah, standing yeah. there like yeah, yeah. insane. So, so to be a part of that, uh, amongst, you know, again, people were out there with masks, like during, it, it, people are like, how do we even probably middle, the middle of coronavirus, the real, the real shit. Uh, and all of it, I think led to where we are now. All of this, I think makes perfect sense to have led where we are. Uh, and so I, th it's wild to have kind of like been entangled in the broad narrative of all this shit that's been going on in the last year, uh, to have, you know, attempted to play my part, uh, to have lost a job for, you know, just trying to stand up for what I believe in shit and all this different, uh, the intricacies that I think the pandemic has weaved into everybody's lives is, is fucking wild. We'll, I'm, we'll have a few oh, yeah. more episodes, I'm sure, oh, yeah. on, uh, on some of that stuff in terms of all of that. But uh, other than that, I think, you know, just to kind of catch up to present day uh, now, uh, since then I've been super uh, kind of to actually bring it back a little bit with that uh, self-care stuff. Everybody, you know, obviously I had uh, Miles text me the other day, tell me he hates the term self-care. I said, well, that's unfortunate because I have it tattooed on my wrists. So uh, <laughs> like, I feel him just cause like, I hate like trendy, like when things become trendy, I'll get what he's saying. Like obviously, like taking care of yourself. He doesn't hate that, but like just the yeah, yeah, no, trendy I mean, little phrases that pop you a up. Phrase that's on your wrist and be like, "Man, this shit corny." I definitely had a little Eeyore oh, moment, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. I'll get over it. But 2020, I think, like was the first year I really, really like hunkered down into it. The pandemic forced me to at some point, but before that, even I had gotten a little bit uh, heavier into it because I had like friends reach out and just give me good advice on stuff. And I did my own research and a whole bunch of different shit. But I, last year I started going to therapy. Uh, and I haven't gone in a minute because they can't operate across state lines, which I did not know uh, until I left. But uh, I went to therapy last year. I tried uh, medication for anxiety for the first time. I've been meditating. I've been, what I get? I got me, you know what a Tibetan singing bowl is? I'm into all that shit now. <laughs> Self-care yeah. has taken a new, uh, a new meaning for me, even in terms of like just trying shit. Like we've all been, I think, sitting around figuring all this out so long that now just hearing something that sounds like it could be a cool new part of a routine is just more like appealing at this point. I don't know what it is just because of the monotony, yeah. but my routine looks nothing like it did a year ago uh, in a lot of good ways. And I don't know, pandemic, to, to summarize all of it together, all this shit 
I don't think would have happened without the pandemic. And I don't know that any of it I'm salty at, at the end of the day. So I know the pandemic has been, I'm not, not to say it's been a not awful thing. Uh, we all navigate it in our own ways and shit, but I think I'm proud of myself for how I've navigated it, especially amongst all this wild shit going on. I think yeah, anybody yeah. that's gotten to this point and is still sane probably deserves for some sure, credit. Yeah. Like in the summertime, I definitely was hiking a lot. Me and my girl was just hiking. Like, what do you want to do today? Let's go on a five mile hike. How about that? And then you just feel better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I went on a run this morning. A run. This oh, morning. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just yeah. wild. Yeah. But it, I think it has put us all just in a, in a, put us up to a big mirror. And I think part of that too, that, that wouldn't have happened without this, uh, speaking on inaugural and just everything is, I don't think we would have been able to take the turn we're about to take tomorrow. We're recording this on the night before the inauguration, fucking finally. And I don't think we would have ended up uh, with one, a new president, but also I don't think we would have necessarily ended up with Black Lives Matter being as powerful as it is right now and with corporations being as uh, as weak as they are in terms of being able to uphold status quos and shit and just people speaking up. So I don't know, this shit, talking all of it out is interesting because not all of that sounded like horrible things for the planet. So shit, I don't know, shit finds a way of working itself out sometimes and we, we're going to be turning a corner tomorrow. But uh, in terms of how, you know, everything has played out so far, it could be worse for me. But yeah, so now that we're all kind of caught up on us, uh, you know me fairly well at this point, better than a lot of motherfuckers do if you're hearing this. So uh, what we're going to be bringing you guys from here on out every week, it's not always going to be this heavy. Sometimes it will be. I want to definitely touch on, I think, male mental health, especially mental health in general. Uh, but with men, mental health is just not a very broadly discussed thing. Uh, what's going on in our lives and shit. I don't think we talk about enough too. So I'm not necessarily going to keep all that completely out of here uh, anymore. We're definitely going to be less political uh, that we're very committed to that. For those of y'all that wanted more oh, policy and who signed what shit that we had last time, that was out of necessity because we felt like we needed to save the fucking world. And now that hopefully politicians can do their jobs and we can just chill and have a podcast about some music and social shit and whatnot. Uh, we can kind of ignore that. I would love to ignore politics again. I didn't I mean, know how the elect. I listen. I didn't know until I don't think most people did that the electoral college votey thing was even a thing where we had to open envelopes and whatnot. I don't think anybody doesn't know that shit now. So I, I, I would imagine we all would like to not know how a lot of this shit works anymore and allow these motherfuckers to just uh, to, to provide us a country that's not in fucking shambles. That's and if you do, there's some cool podcasts out there on YouTube. You can find them. They they specialize in that sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah but we don't. Right, we, right. We can get into movies. We'll get into uh, all kinds of different shit. We always touch on a bunch of interesting things. They lead to some interesting tangents. I know we're going to have uh, some, some guests on. I know we haven't done that too much in the past. Uh, really talented group of friends I have and just really talented people that were around that uh are experts on a whole lot of interesting shit so we're gonna bring that on here uh lot, lots of different stuff for you guys uh me and trey been doing this so we're excited to be back excited to uh to just keep you guys caught up give you some entertainment during this time uh once events are a thing again we'll be out there with you guys too uh but until then i know trey we're gonna get to this next one here i know you uh you got some hot takes on on the browns here so uh until oh, yeah, then yeah. Until then, uh, that is that is episode one of Blake's Take Two. It's Blake and Trey. 
uh, we, you have allowed us to reintroduce ourselves. We will be back next time. Thank you. Yeah.